Hi, and welcome to the Reiki from the Farm podcast brought to you by me, Pam Allen LeBlanc from Hiddenbrook Farm. I am a scientist, a businesswoman, and a licensed Reiki master teacher with the International Center for Reiki Training. Each week in this podcast, you'll be entertained as you learn about a wide variety of relevant Reiki topics, helping you become a more knowledgeable and effective Reiki practitioner. We caution you, though, this podcast may also dramatically improve your life, and we are so happy that you're here. On this week's podcast, I am your host, Pam Allen LeBlanc, and I'm talking with my friend, Jules Davis. Jules is a licensed Reiki master teacher. She is a psychic and a medium. She's also a crystal healer, a sound healer, and she's my Reiki buddy. Her podcast was so popular. The initial podcast that we recorded about increasing your intuition and about being a psychic and being a medium that she's agreed to come back and do part two with us. So thank you so much for being here, Jules. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Before we get started, I just wanted to let everyone know about some of the courses that we have coming up here at the farm. We have started our um, last Reiki Master Mentor program. There is still space in the class, and we do send recordings in that if you've missed a class, so it's not too late to join. I'll put a link to that in the podcast if that's of interest to you. In October, starting next week, I have licensed level one and two classes. I also have ICRT animal Reiki level one and two and master classes. I also have Yasui master class and a Holy Fire Karuna Reiki master class. So please join us for those if that's of interest to you. And Jules, what do you have coming up that you'd like to let people know about? Uh, let's see. On uh, the next couple of months, I have <laughs> the same list as you, basically, minus the mentorship. <laughs> I've decided to hold off and wait until um, the new year to do my mentorship. But I am doing this weekend, I have the Reiki Master training. I have another Reiki Master training before the end of the year. I have a few level one, two classes and ICRT animal Reiki classes coming up. I also have a crystal healer certification course. That one is in person though, in Los Angeles in November. Nice. And that's where you're located, Jules. So even your online classes are in the Pacific time zone. Is that right? Yes. And I do in-person Reiki and online hybrids. So I have students in person and online, but my animal Reiki classes are online only for now. <laughs> Beautiful. We're both very busy, um, it sounds my, like. <laughs> we are both very busy, busy. yes. yes. And, yeah. And all of my classes are online as well, Jules. And you've, you're, you've got the hybrid thing figured out. I haven't uh, got to that yet, but I am hoping I'll probably keep things online during our rough winter weather here, mm. uh, but I'll probably move things next spring to hybrid as long as it's doable. Yeah. Jules, before we begin, I just wonder if I can start with a little bit of an invocation, just inviting people to bring their Reiki energy in, and then we'll get into some of the questions today. And I think at the end, you may lead us in a meditation to help us with our own intuition. So I'm just going to invite everyone to close your eyes, bring your hands into Gasho, and just activate your Reiki energy today. Jules and I were talking before we began, and we were talking about the energy of division that's been so prevalent in our lives of late. There's been division over politics, division over race and culture. There's been division now with vaccines, and there just seems to be so many places that division is showing up. In fact, as you listen to this, we will just have held the orange shirt day to recognize our native brothers and sisters and 
all of the difficulties that this energy of separation and division has caused for them. And so I just invite if you are experiencing the energy of division in your life or of separation or if you're feeling isolated in one way or another because of decisions that you've made or the place that you find yourself in your life, I just invite you to just release that energy of division now. I feel that sometimes all of this separation and division energy comes up because it is ready to be released. We're ready to move into an age and an era that is governed by love, no longer a world of duality where love is balanced by fear and hate, but instead love is prevalent. And so as we all allow this energy of divisiveness, of separation, and even isolation to leave us today, it brings us back into that balanced space where we can approach everything from a place of love, not fear, separation, or division. And I invite you to activate all of your Reiki symbols and to just put them to work, releasing these energies, bringing in consciousness of unification so that you might have all of the parts of yourself unified. You might be unified within and that you might feel the unification with others. The unification with your own heart and the unification with the heart of God and the heart of the earth. Divine love surrounds you and all that you do, and it contains no judgment. And so we release the judgment within ourselves that causes this separation or division. And I invite you to activate your listening skills today so that you might too delve into your intuition more firmly. Listen in front of you, behind you, above you, below you, to your left and to your right. And now listen within. Listen with your mind and your heart and your body and your spirit. Listen with all of your chakras open. Listen with every part of your being. Listen for the subtleties. And within the listening, we invite the energy of discernment. Reiki can provide us with the discernment. That is love so that anything that comes to you is first filtered through love. And that gentles it and it allows us to see it in its true purpose and intention. And if anyone is pointing arrows at us and shooting us with arrows, we recognize that it's not their pure, beautiful spirit, that this is coming from an injury or an insecurity within them, within, from something that needs to be healed. And we invite the divine love of discernment to create a boundary that would keep us safe from these arrows, these barbs, 
Allow us to feel protected and still and allow us to feel the togetherness. Being at one within ourselves and at one with each other. One with the earth and at one with God. Namaste and Amen. That wasn't what I expected to come through today, Jules. But there it is. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I've just noticed the energy of division showing up so prevalently in my sessions these days. And um, so I'm thankful for an opportunity to address that. Well, Jules, I wanted to talk to you today to just take our conversation a little further and deeper about intuition and about being a psychic and a medium. And I know you explained this on the last podcast, but for those who maybe didn't see it, can you just briefly tell us the difference between those two professions or titles, if you will? Yeah, sure. So a psychic, somebody who is able to, we all have intuition, we all are able to tune into these psychic senses, if we wanted to explore them further, some of us are just naturally more sensitive than others and might have had experiences our whole lives that make us feel a little bit different or whatever. But we all have this ability to tap into intuition. So a psychic is somebody who is connecting. So say there's something going on in, in your life. So you live on this physical earthly plane. I would be tuning in with my psychic senses to connect with you and things going on with you or an animal or a location or something like that. I'm using my psychic abilities. Same thing with the spirit world, except for that I'm using my mediumistic abilities where I'm connecting with the other world. So it's just a distinction between the first heaven, I guess you could look at it in that way. And for those of you who are Reiki people, where I'm connecting with people here on the physical level, that would be things about your life. And then the medium is working more with second heaven and higher energies as far as non-physical contact um, information where I'm getting information from the spirit world. So the psychic is really working on this plane of existence and the medium is working on the yeah. non-physical planes of existence. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah the oh, I love psychic that. is working in the physical realm and the yeah. medium is working in the non-physical realms. And you've used the words before. I've heard you use the words, uh, Jules, carnate and incarnate as well. So yeah, incarnate and discarnate souls. Discarnate, so incarnate means we've incarnated into a body here. We're connecting with beings here on this level, on this physical plane. Discarnate is somebody who's not in a physical body at the moment. So a spiritual being. And that's what mediums have the ability. We all have the ability to sense spirit, but a medium can actually communicate with them. That's right. the difference. And so we're the medium because we're that go between the two worlds. We call it this heaven or this level of existence, the physical existence, and then the non-physical realm. So the medium is the tool that spirit uses to communicate to the physical world. It's a bridge, I would say. Yeah, yeah, which is so beautiful. And uh, I, I love that, Jules. Thank you. And you've had a really interesting education around this. Can you tell us a little bit about your education? And I'm largely self-taught with these abilities. And I, but I really admire and honor and respect all of the studies that you've done. And in fact, you've said one of your schools that you attend in England is like, Hogwarts for grown-ups and I actually can't wait to go there once we're allowed to travel again. Yeah, we <laughs> call it Hogwarts for meetings. For meetings, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everybody's a grown-up. <laughs> oh, good point. That's to be determined. <laughs> I, um, I want to be like this person or that person. Yeah, so I actually started my studies 
before I even took a Reiki class, I started doing like intuitive development programs, which were like a weekly meetup of doing different psychic exercises. And then I took my Reiki trainings and lots of other classes. And I realized that it was just so prevalent. I wasn't doubting that I could connect, but I wanted to learn how to expand upon it more, how to do the communication better. Yes, I know this person's here, but how can I interact with them and understand the experiences that I'm having? So I had looked for teachers in that realm and I looked and looked for a long time. I had looked for a lot of years before I even took my first intuitive development course and it was really hard to find mediumship development and then i found this website somehow looking for like retreats or something like that and there was a teacher and i thought oh maybe i need to sign up with this teacher i don't know and i was really on the fence about it and so i didn't sign up for that course and the next maybe two weeks or so later, I thought, I regret not going to that class. So I went back to the website and I saw that there was another woman there and her name was Mavis Patilla. And she was coming over from the United Kingdom to actually do a training here in Long Beach, California. And my mother, who's in the spirit world and was at that time already, she called me Mavis. That was her nickname for me. So I was like, oh, okay, mom, I'm going to this one. This is my teacher. And it was nothing against the other teacher. She's a fabulous lady, but it just was my, that's where I was guided. And I signed up immediately and without hesitation, this is where I'm supposed to go. Knew nothing about her, didn't know her reputation and what a fabulous medium she was. I just knew that I had to go. So I took a two day course with her and she blew me she blew my mind just with her abilities and she told me in that course you're meant to be a teacher so if you're not teaching already you better be teaching this and she's a funny lady like if she sees something in people and there were 50 something people there and i even got up and did a demonstration of mediumship in front of more than 50 people I was scared to death. I had my eyes closed and she stood next to me to give me a little bit of support and energy. And I started this whole connection and I was flying in that course. I got names, I got all these amazing evidential pieces of information. So my confidence was on track like immediately. And I just knew finally I found the right experience for me to develop. So Mavis Patilla wasn't that well known in the United States at the time, but she had been a teacher at the Arthur Finley College in the United Kingdom and was the first person to be mentored by a name, a man named Gordon Higginson, who was, you know, the president of the Spiritual Nationalists Union over there and also the principal type of that school and a minister of spiritualism. And anyways, he is a phenomenal medium. So basically I landed in like the best teacher or like one of the top mediums, you know, in the world, which I wouldn't have known about. It was just my intuition. So on the subject of intuition led me there. And also I feel my mother spirit led me to her. So I immediately signed up for more courses with every tutor from the Arthur Finley College and signed up to go to the Arthur Finley College and was just on that track. And I ended up going there multiple times i actually don't know now off the top of my head but several i've made several visits for week-long courses which is where it's a residential college just outside of london in the united Kingdom, about an hour outside of london and you live there so you sleep there you stay there you live and breathe mediumship so i studied with teachers several of the tutors from there and they would come over to the United States and teach as well. And we do five, six day courses with them over here. So I dove right in, I'm giving you a long answer, but I dove right in and I started training really extensively because I just was so thrilled that I could finally use this ability that scared the crap out of me when I was a little girl and actually had purpose with it and was actually able to figure out how to communicate now, not just feel them and have some kind of random bits of information, but actually expand upon that. And I mostly studied for a long time was demonstration, which is probably the scariest thing to do, which is getting up in front of an audience and connecting with people's loved ones, because that's a tough... That takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah. I've never gone there. Yeah. (laughs) 
So I did that for a lot of years and um, trained quite extensively. Since then, I've been really exploring trance mediumship, which is going into a much more passive place and just letting spirit speak through me and speak inspirational words. And that's been really beautiful as well. And I've been doing that training as well with a Gordon Higginson mentee. She's now probably in her upper 60s or something, Eileen Davies, but she's fabulous. So yeah, I've done a lot in that realm, mostly because it's just so nice to be around your people and also be in the spirit world for several days at a time working in that energy. And you get beautiful messages, Jules. You and I were talking one day and you were just telling me some of the beautiful things that come through. Do you have any examples or anything that you can think of that you'd like to share? Just even some of the messages that come through for people, like they, you, you have a lot of respect for the other side. And I know you've mentioned that sometimes just the most beautiful messages come through and that sometimes you learn from, from the information and from what comes through from the other side. I wasn't sure if there if you had any examples or I should have given you a bit of warning about that. For, for me, mediumship is just another form of healing. It's a healing tool. And so being able to make that connection for somebody else, whether it's just healing for them to be able to experience or know that their loved one is around them and still very much alive and participating in their life, even if it's in a non-physical way, that's really healing and beautiful. And I, can be very touching for people. Sometimes there's apology or regret that's shared in the messages that comes through and the person doesn't have to accept it, but it can be very healing to hear from somebody that they're acknowledging the behaviors that they made when they were here and how that might have impacted the person that's still here in the physical world, whether especially a lot of that is around parental relationships, I would say, Um, sometimes spousal relationships, sometimes children who've passed before their parents and maybe their choices had an effect on their transition if they left in that way. But I definitely feel what's been most profound for me is through trance and just speaking, letting spirit speak through me and the compassion and the tone and the wisdom that comes through in this voice is really powerful. I could probably give you lots of different examples. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) That's exactly, that's exactly what I remember you telling me that and just being um, blown away. And that's exactly what I was speaking of, just how you've experienced all of that and how lovely it is. And Yeah, I don't remember a lot after I'm finished with the reading because I'm so in the experience. Sometimes things will stand out to me and then I'll remember it because it's so different or unique or I just think it's so beautiful the way that spirit came in and worked with their loved one to give them some kind of healing or whatever was needed in that way. I remember there's one reading that really stands out to me because it was a reading I was unsure of if I could do because the it was a teenage boy who had taken his life and I knew his parents they're a really awesome couple that I had worked with and giving Reiki to and there are a lot of other factors I don't want to give too much you know personal information about them that would be distinguishing but they had just been through a lot let's put it that way and they asked me if I could do a reading for their son and it was maybe two days after his memorial that's how close to his passing and it maybe two or three weeks after his transition And so I was spending a few days before they came in. If you're ready to come in, I'm ready to welcome you. If it's not the right time for you or your parents, I've already told them that maybe it might be too early. There's usually when it's too early, it's not because of the spirit. It's usually because of the grief of the people here more than it is that the spirit doesn't want to connect. Anyways, he came in such a lovely way 
and here's this young man who's made this decision to take his life and he came in showing the funny side of himself that was the first piece of evidence i got was him chasing his dad around with peanut butter on a knife and his dad told me afterwards that he is allergic to peanut butter and so his son would think it was really funny to chase him around with peanut butter on a knife of all the images i'm like okay i just and this is about trust i just have to trust this one and i'm like he keeps showing me peanut butter on a knife and i know that he made a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and i don't remember exactly what i said but something like that but i was like but he keeps showing me that he's like chasing somebody around with the knife and that's exactly what he was doing to his poor dad and so i just thought what a lovely gift that that young man gave to his parents to come in to such a painful environment and bring a happy funny memory in first of him and his personality and because we retain even when we transition i'm sure there's aspects of ourselves that we we have no idea just because we're connecting as a human but we retain our personality and the essence of who we are we're just not here in a physical body and so i hope there was a lot of interesting things that came through in that reading and i was definitely a little nervous because it was such a sensitive time and so close to his passing and everything but i just thought that was really cool of their son to come in in that way and you said that it's usually us that's not ready i want i always wondered if the spirit i had the impression that maybe they do need a little bit of time on the other side but Although I say that, and I have worked with spirits and even moments after they've passed, I can, yeah. So I guess that's probably not true. Yeah. The feeling that I've had from spirit, if there's some hesitation about coming in is always about the person who's here. Yeah. And if they're willing to accept an apology or talk to them or hear from them, or if they're in too big of a grief state, it's hard to communicate or listen or receive maybe depending on what trauma happened around the transition. So sometimes people aren't ready yet to hear or open up about what might be said from the spirit. But I feel I've had many experiences where a spirit has come in within days or a week or something like that. And I've heard experiences, yeah, of them coming in right away. I have a good friend who passed a few weeks ago and and within the next day, I I was very aware of him. And and so, yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. It can be right away, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. What does a typical session when you use these abilities? And I think it's a great idea for somebody who maybe does see spirits or does see the other side like you and I uh, do. I'm not formally trained and that's why I don't work in in this area. But I think the formal training is a wonderful idea. But what does a typical session look like? I know how busy you are, Jules. You're constantly, your schedule is constantly full and you, I think you even work with famous people for heaven's sakes, but what would a typical session look like for you? So I have different kinds of sessions. I do, I have a session menu, (laughs) so to speak. So it depends on, yeah, what we're doing. So if we're doing a psychic reading, say that then I'm just tuning into you and your life and what's going on and giving you some guidance or clarity or direction. If I'm doing a mediumistic uh, mediumship session with you, I'm opening up to spirit and asking who's there for you. And then I blend with that spirit and I tell you who I have there and you should be able to recognize that. And we go into that. And sometimes there's one spirit that wants to stay for the whole time or that you want to hear from the whole time. So I'll just let that continue. Or there might be five different spirits that come through depending on what the person needs and how long we have together. Sometimes I'll do a combination of psychic and mediumship together where they want some guidance about their life, but they also want to hear from a loved one. Then I do, of course, healing sessions. My energy healing sessions in person are all Reiki, crystals, sound healing combinations. And then I sometimes will include some psychic stuff into that. Maybe there's a health issue or an emotional issue or mental issue, something that's bothering you that you want to work on more deeply. 
I will blend with you psychically and see what's coming up where I get some information about that so that I can take the session to a deeper level of healing. And maybe I become aware of things that have happened on your timeline and I'm aware of a specific age and we start talking about that age. Sometimes I can even see exactly what happened at that age. And sometimes I need a little bit of guidance, but I just know that there was a big shift that happened at the age of five, say, and then we'll go into the energy around that and I'll work both with my intuition and I'm in there in the experience with the person feeling where they're st storing it, like in their body, etc. And then I also use the Reiki, of course, to help them to release it. So I try to be multitasking with all of the different things at once. If I'm doing a distance healing session, then I'm automatically going to do more of an intuitive evaluation unless somebody doesn't want that so that I can figure out where they need and what they need more quickly. And then we go into a meditation maybe and I'm sending healing for specific things or we go into a deeper level of discussion. And there's a lot of different components in it, but I like to blend. That's one of my specialties is being able to go in more deeply. So looking for root cause of situations issues to help people address it more head-on instead of in a more passive state like a traditional reiki session yeah i love that you brought up a couple of things that i want to circle back to one is unless somebody doesn't want that you said and i've had people who are aware that i have psychic abilities who are a little bit paranoid being around me because they think i'm reading them all the time yeah. and i would you wouldn't do that 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 I, first of all, I don't want to know. I just want to interact like a normal person. I would only um, do that if somebody's asking me to look in and do that work. What do you have to say to that? Yeah, I always ask permission because yeah. <clears throat> I feel people have a right to privacy and I, I don't want to see something that they don't want me to see because I can sometimes see pretty deep stuff. So I do have people that come in a little bit apprehensive. What is she, even though I signed up for this, what is she gonna see? <laughs> Maybe she won't see that, you know, <laughs> they try to protect themselves from me. So that's why I always ask permission. I'll continue to ask permission if it's a really sensitive issue. So if I'm aware of something that's very sensitive, I'll ask if it's okay to continue to work on that. Because I also feel like sometimes people might think that they're ready, but as the stuff is coming up, that can be very painful. And I don't want to ever push somebody to their limit in a negative way. If they want to go in there and get uncomfortable, I'm happy to push them. But if it's in a negative way where they're having a negative reaction, that's I, I don't want to keep pushing them. So I'm also constantly monitoring with my intuition. Is this okay? Should we go deep today? Is this the right thing for them? Because sometimes when I give people the option, they also might feel challenged, like I should go there or, you know, I should make the most of my time here. But maybe that's not the right appropriate thing for them in that moment. Maybe they just need to relax and receive and not stir a whole bunch of stuff up too, because I'm not going to lie, my sessions can be very uncomfortable when we're digging into dark places and really addressing deep hurts or pain or anguish or whatever the emotions are, shame, guilt, fear that people are holding. So I always ask permission. I can do a session on somebody like my partner. I'm only looking at the energy because it's for him and he knows that I can do that. So he trusts me. and unless he wants me to go into something on a deeper level, I want to keep it more where I'm just tuned into the energy. I'm feeling the energy and I'm not looking to find things out about him and violating his privacy. Yeah, I think I'm, that's important. yeah, I'm a real big fan of permission. And I actually ask my clients to guide me, please guide me into the areas you want me to look into and be intuitive about because I don't want to know everything. Mm. And, and I don't want to go into those areas that you'd like to keep private. I really don't. So please just guide me <laughs> where you'd like yeah. me to go. 
I find people don't always know what they need. So that's why I go in the way that I do. And I just ask them if it's okay for me to evaluate them because sometimes things come up that they didn't realize they're holding on to, or that's still affecting them as well. So not to be just as a devil's advocate, you might sometimes ask them if it's okay for you to go in there and have a look and see if there's something that you might find out about that would be helpful for them. I know, you know, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And just see if how that feels or if that feels different for you. Most people want to heal. They just don't know how, Yes, you know, or they don't know what they're, what's, where they're hitting that wall with things. Yeah. Sometimes I do inner child work where we call in that age and we work with that age as well. And then I'm tuned in um, with their child. And it's a separate being that comes in that's been fractured. And I didn't know that was something that people do, like almost like a shamanic type of practice until I was talking to Colleen about it. And then she said, oh, yeah, I do stuff like that. (laughs) It's like timeline (laughs) healing or whatever. (laughs) But it was just my intuition that led me into that work and how to work with them and call in different parts of ourselves that have our need of healing that have been fractured or splintered off from us somewhere separated and that separation and division consciousness right that, mm-hmm. yeah that can sometimes come in I love that you used another term and you said I blend with them and you mentioned that you blend with your client and you blend with the beings on the other side what does that mean and what does that look and feel like and, and is it safe I know that there there would be I know that it is but I know there would be some people who would be thinking wait a minute is that safe to do so blending is when I'm expanding my energy field to connect with another energy or the energy of a situation or place so that could be me blending with a spirit meaning I'm expanding my auric field and through that expansion and allowing them to come in, our two energies are blending together. Or it could be that, say I was doing a healing or a reading for you, I'm expanding my auric field to connect with yours, and then I'm receiving that information and I'm blending with you to receive that back. Okay, that's, and really even, that's similar to what we would do in a Reiki session in a way. Yeah. So when you're blending in with your client to see what they need, when you're scanning them or whatever, it's the same. It's a type of expansion that happens in order for you to blend, or that's how I look at it anyways. So some people call it soul to soul, aura to aura, whatever energy to energy, whatever way you want to look at it. But that's what blending is to me and my definition of it. And so... Do you feel when you do blend with the other side, does that feel safe to you? Or are there any precautions people should take as they do that? Yeah, it's a good question because I think there's a lot of fear around that. In my experience, when I'm opening up to blend with the spirit world is a very safe place to me. There is only the vibration and the frequency of love there. Even people who have transitioned who maybe didn't live high vibing path here on the physical earth i still don't feel any malicious energy from them when i'm connecting to them in spirit i might be aware of their personality and things that they did here but they're still coming through on that frequency of love i do know and feel the presence of spiritual beings when i'm doing energy healing work or maybe in a location that has some strange energy I might be aware of spiritual beings that have a low vibration frequency. I refer to them as low vibration entities or energies that even though they're in the non-physical realm and in a non-physical energy, it's not the spirit world that I'm connecting with when I'm opening up to connect with spirit. So I put the distinction always to be connecting for the highest good of everybody. And so I'm always setting the intention that I'm only connecting to that vibration and frequency. 
I have never had an experience where something bad was coming in to attack me or the other person or something because I was opening up in that way. And when I am doing that, say, spirit release or extraction work in a healing session, it's I'm still working from that high vibing place of love. And I just happen to know that you don't belong on this frequency. <laughs> so we're sending that spirit back to the place of love in spirit. To me, that's what I feel and believe. So everybody has different opinions. intentionally don't merge. Right. Ne never am I connecting with that spirit in a way that I want would with a spirit that I'm doing communication with or a spirit guide or something like that. So it's always a different type of experience for me when I see that energy in it. It's not meant to be there attached to somebody or a place or whatever it is. It's just, okay, you're an energy that it's more it often also it's like a residue almost that's stuck to people that just needs to be let go of it has a very different feeling to me so i would encourage people if you want to connect to the spirit world and and just open up on that frequency of love yeah that's really great advice jules because i agree with you i just wonder if there's anything else you'd like to share with people thank you for giving us this deeper glimpse into psychic work and mediumship work and is there anything else you'd like to let people know before we move into a meditation today? I feel like just there's a lot of fear around the spirit world because of how it's portrayed. And I think we talked about this in the last conversation, but there's a lot of fear around the spirit world. We're moving into Halloween. Everything's supposed to be like spooky and all that kind of stuff. And for me, the spirit world is a place that I want to be in all the time, just the vibration and the frequency of healing energy and the compassion and the lack of judgment and all of the different things that I feel when I blend with that energy is such a beautiful place to be. So if you're curious about it, I would encourage you to try opening up to it and, and experiencing it. And if you have a sensitivity to it and you're not sure if you have it just explore it but most people who are drawn to reiki are extra sensitive people and what i mean by that is have the special senses that they might want to open up a little bit more and i do know that we ha have natural abilities and my natural abilities were really strong before i took classes but the classes really helped me to go so much farther with it and understanding it so I would also encourage people to seek out a good teacher and, and develop with them um, so that they can explore in a safe environment with other people who are curious. Because so many different people, my intuitive development students, a lot of them are Reiki people, but it is like a different, I don't know if brand is the right word, but there are just different people who are drawn to it from all walks of life, just like Reiki. but. It's such a way that we can come together using that part of ourselves. And through that, I feel a lot of healing happens too, through the actual classes. Yeah, I love that. And I'm so glad that you teach it and so glad that there are teachers of this work now. When I, when I was younger, there really, it really wasn't available or accessible. It makes me so happy to know that there are people that can guide people through this and like yourself yeah thank you. <laughs> thank you i won't have another um development circle until the new year because mine is full right now that i'm doing in a 12-week program now but i might have some workshops but my next development circles will be starting in january just for people that might be interested that's awesome thank you and we'll put we'll have a link to your website and your information in the podcast and on the YouTube channel so that people can can get in touch with you. Jules, are you um, able to lead us in a meditation today? Yes. Okay, <laughs> sure. All right, so I would invite them to just sit comfortably. Close your eyes and take a few deep cleansing breaths. 
breathing a little bit deeper than you normally would. Letting any distractions from your day, from your week, melt away, giving them permission to be set to the side. just take a moment inwardly, privately, set the intention that you are excited to connect with spirit and the spiritual vibration of who you are at the core of your being. As you continue to breathe into your body, feel the energy in the room around you beginning to change. Feel the presence of the divine spiritual beings joining you. essence and frequency of pure divine love, spiritual love. And remember that you are not your physical body. You are a spiritual being just like them. divine spark exists within you. And you can feel this light welling up from inside of you, moving into every inch of you. Pure essence of you. This light is who you are. And feel yourself now floating in this frequency all around you. lightness, the weightlessness here. Feel what it's like to be in a place free of judgment, just pure compassion and love, unconditional love. to travel, expanding, floating into all the colors and all the frequencies and existence of healing, life force, vitality, divinity, spirituality. information and energy flows through you, it's a part of you.
angels surround you. You can feel their presence and their divine wisdom. And you can feel it flowing through you. Here you are completely safe. Here is where you are meant to be held and loved. Spirit is always around you because spirit is within you. Slowly, gently, begin to bring your energy back into this plane of consciousness. And remember that pure essence of who you are. thank you for being here today you're such a beautiful person and thank you for sharing all of that with us namaste thank you